Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to episode three. This is Jen and Roy, and we have a guest today, my father. Um, a lot of you probably know him as Bud Fonder, um, and he's been powerlifting for a long time. He's actually the reason why I got into powerlifting, and we just thought we'd sit down and have him as a guest today just so that everybody can hear his story and what he's learned from powerlifting so if you are really interested in um you know powerlifting specifically and lifting weights this is going to be an episode that you're going to enjoy yeah i think he would probably agree with the statement that lifting teaches you a lot about life as well um so even if you're not super interested in lifting i think there'll probably be some things you could take away um so it, it should be valuable. Okay, Dad, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm uh, Theron Fonder, also known as Bud. Um, kind of uh, leery about doing this, but I um, <laughs> agreed to it, and I hope everything goes as well as Jen thinks so well. <laughs> <laughs> it's going It'll good. be good. <laughs> All right. So when did you first get into fitness and why? I first got into fitness when I was about 12. And the reason was that I had went and seen Rocky one. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of guys have, have this as an answer and it inspired me to train and to better myself. And then not long after that, I seen the movie pumping iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Classic. So that inspired me to start lifting weights. And so I would buy all the bodybuilding magazines back then. I think they were Muscle and Fitness, the Joe Weeder. You still have them. And I still have yep. hundreds of them. And I would follow the routines of the superstar bodybuilders who, of course, were probably taking steroids, but I didn't know that. But that was, that was my beginning. And it just progressed from there. I always had a fascination with strength and... Uh, I loved comic books as well, so I wanted to look like a comic book superhero. So, did you play any sports in high school, or did your strength training carry over at all, or were you not really into sports? I was into sports. I started playing football at nine years old. I played baseball. I played basketball. I played up until high school, all three sports. And in high school, I started playing, and then I took a wrong path, so I didn't play sports anymore. But I still continued to lift weights. Mm. So what was your training like at that time? Is that Did you start powerlifting by then, or were you just lifting weights to get big? You no, know, I was just lifting weights to get big. Uh, of course, I, just, I didn't train my lower body at all. I might do some, <laughs> some leg presses. I always uh, I was a great sprinter, so my life, I was developed. But uh, yeah, I was just mostly upper body bench press uh, stuff like that. At all, young mm -hmm. kids are fascinated with. So, why did you choose powerlifting then, and um, when? Okay, I didn't choose powerlifting until probably I was uh, thirty years old, and. Um, the path that I told you, I took the wrong path that, that led me down to uh, alcoholism and stuff like that. But when I was 27, I, I cleaned up and I found uh, lifting weights again, my passion. So I started lifting weights and 
getting uh, in shape again. And one day I was just sitting there and I said, boy, I'm, I'm getting bigger and everything else, but what am I training for? I mean, I really don't have no goals in mind. Mm -hmm. And this gym that I was going to was having a bench press contest. So I said, oh, I'll, I'll try that and see how that goes for me. And then I competed and I was hooked after that. Do you remember what you ended up hitting at that competition? Uh, I think I ended up hitting 380 pounds in the bench press, nice. but it was with a bench shirt. Not that that's wrong, but <laughs> when I seen a bench shirt, I said, what the heck is a bench shirt? I had no idea. So someone had to explain that to me. So then I bought one, but I think it was just a regular Inzer blast shirt. And I was able to bench press 380 pounds with it. I think without my shirt, I could bench press probably around 360 I did a, did a double with. Oh, nice. nice. So it wasn't very far off then. Um, no. If I could, something that I would like to ask is, when you did, you feel like you went down that wrong path, did that take away, were you not lifting at that point? No, I wasn't lifting. I I might have did uh, like little competitions with my friends in the basement, stuff <laughs> like that, but yeah, I really didn't lift weights anymore. Mm. Um, do you remember what gym that was? Is it, had you already been going to Lowe's at the time you did the bench press meet? No, I was going to the YWCA. Right oh, here? Oh, interesting. Yeah, right across the street. And plus, the where the bench press contest was, was in Rosemont, Minnesota. And I was training at a 24-hour fitness there. Mm. So that was your intro to powerlifting there. Um, so what was powerlifting like when you first started? When I first started... It was mostly uh, gear. Everyone wore bench shirts. Everyone wore squat suits. Briefs? Um, no, briefs were not allowed in our federation. Mm. And knee wraps. Mm, interesting. And to lift raw, very, very, very few people lifted raw. And if you did lift raw, you had to compete against the people who were wearing the gear. So then people didn't win that much. So uh, there wasn't like a, there was just a classic raw and there was no real raw. When you joined, when so, I when I competed, there was no raw division. So I'd be interested to hear both your guys' answers, and we can only speculate. But why do you guys think raw is so much more popular now than geared lifting? Do you think people got like it seems like there's almost a stigma around geared lifting too? Is that people just don't think it's as impressive, or oh, so why do you think that is? I think that raw is just more um, impressive. And, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not saying I don't agree yeah, with that. Yeah, the numbers but. aren't as big. I think it, I think one thing is it's more impressive, and I think another thing is that, um, I guess, an association of gear with, like, steroids um, or gear with inability. Yeah, the thing that comes to mind for me is, like, you see, like, Russ Swole is the football player. So I think when they get introduced to, like, squatting and stuff they're always introduced in a traditional and it'll yeah. be raw and I think like that's how they learn in, in, um, in collegiate settings too. yeah and I think a lot of powerlifters nowadays are former athletes mm. that just you know had the natural ability yeah um, what do you think dad what was the question why? like why do you think uh, geared lifting has become so much less popular um, I think because a person for me I felt like I was cheating when I when I competed with gear on. The reason I stopped competing with gear was I had entered a contest 
and I had lost, I was doing great. My numbers were way up there. And I entered the contest, but I had to lose like 10 pounds when I, before I went into the contest. So then my gear didn't fit right, and I ended up, bo I ended up bombing out. So that was very frustrating for me. Another thing is I don't feel that it's a true max. It's, it is a max with gear, that's, mm -hmm. that's for sure. And I know people like that. And there is some safety with gear on as well mm -hmm. that protects your joints. But for me, when everyone, anyone ever asked me, well, how much you bench? I felt funny saying, well, I've benched 435 pounds with a shirt. And then you have to, then you have to explain what a shirt is and what the shirt does. Yeah. So for me, it was, I bench press 320. With a caveat. Oh, well, there was no caveat. Raw. That, that yeah. was raw. Yeah, I guess we probably should explain. Um, so when we say geared lifting, it's basically using any modality that's going to help you like in your, your one rep max. It's going to be something that has a lot of like elasticity and it's almost going to shoot you up in mm. the squat um, or on the bench press. So really it's, it's just kind of a, a tool. So people will either compete with where everyone's wearing that usually or where nobody's wearing that and then there are meets where it's kind of a mixture but mm -hmm. um it's almost a different sport really I, th I think yeah because there's a lot more technique you need to learn with with using gear and like you were talking about some people need three to four bench shirts because this is a shirt you're going to be training with before well and just leverages like you mentioned losing yeah. 10 pounds that yeah. yeah changes everything and your gear has to be tight it's it has to be uncomfortably tight um, so that was that. So, do you want to share your best numbers and the federations that you competed in, or okay. would you rather keep that a secret? No, I, I can share that. Although the records are probably broke by now, but um, USAPL, I competed at the uh, one eighty one and one ninety eight division. My best geared lifts were a five hundred five squat. And this was at 198 pounds, mm -hmm. a 505 squat, a 435 bench press, and a 535 deadlift. Nice. And then when I started competing raw, my best deadlift was 515 pounds. My best bench press was 320 pounds. My best squat was 435 pounds, and that was raw. Mm -hmm. And recently, I started competing again in the WABDL, which is a, just a bench press deadlift uh, federation. And I set a record this year in April with a deadlift of 479 pounds, I believe it was, and a bench of 321 pounds, which has since been broken. And that's at my age right now, 53 years old. Nice. Do you have any questions? Yeah, I have some questions, but do you want to finish yours first? Um, yeah. Okay. So what advice would you give to a newcomer who is considering strength sports or powerlifting? And beyond that, have you done any other strength sports besides powerlifting? What I would recommend for a younger person or anybody is just just start working out. Find someone that it, that's... Um, qualified to teach you the lifts so that you progress like you should. Um, yeah, and just 
see if you like what you're doing. I mean, mm -hmm. if you got a passion for being stronger, and if you're interested in competing in maybe powerlifting or any other strength event, go to a couple events and, and see what it's like. Mm -hmm. um, everyone has something that they're shooting for, for their fitness goals. And um, so you, you should look at that as well, what, what you like to do. Mm -hmm. And what was your other question? Um, what other strength sports have you competed in, if any? I've competed in strongman, which was brutal because I'm a short guy and you need to have long arms, I feel. <laughs> but it was fun. It just and I, beats and you up, right? Yeah it, yeah, it beats you up, beats your lower back up, but it was so much fun. I just love competing against people and not necessarily beating them, but beating what I think I would be able to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right, and lastly, um, for my questions, what advice do you wish that you had when you first started? Looking back now, knowing what you know. I wish I would have found somebody that was uh, qualified to teach me the correct lifts. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I would have found a, a nice lifting program that was designed for someone my age when I was younger, Some, mm -hmm. something that made me progress in strength because I was all over the place. I think, sorry to interrupt, but mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of people's biggest pitfall is just not having structure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I really am enjoying being able to write programs for people where progression is built in. So as long as they follow that structure, they're going to make progress. And I think that's what kind of takes people to the next level when they're trying to get into fitness is like the first time you really have a program that's tailored for you and you follow it to a T and it works that's kind of like when you get hooked I feel like so yeah I can definitely see where that comes into play and yeah. of course when you first start whatever you do you're going to make progress yeah. um, but after you start to adapt to whatever you're doing then you have to switch it up and you need to find something different so yeah and also um, don't program hop as much milk milk if you're making gains on a program milk it as long as you can and then switch mm -hmm. you know keep trying to progress on the program if it's a good solid you know peer-reviewed program then you know stick with that until it's not working anymore yeah. and then try something else mm -hmm. very true yeah there's a lot of programs out there i think it's really interesting how the advice that you would give to a newcomer and the advice that you wish you knew how now you train a few people out of your basement gym and you're mostly training like how to squat how to deadlift or find a deadlift that works best for you how to bench press so I think that is really cool that you know you're taking what you wish you would have had and giving it to people who want it and for those who don't know my dad has had tons of people in his home basement gym um just training them he never really asked for anything um so i think you know that's you you really like the sport and that's one way of giving back even if these people never compete in a meet or anything mm -hmm. like that that was actually my first question or ties into my first question is that mm -hmm. i know you train a lot of youth for free right now um what do you feel like strength sports gave to you that like you would hope it can do for these people like is it feeling empowered is it increasing your self-confidence what do you feel like it's done for you yeah increasing my self-confidence 
gives me a better image of myself. It's created discipline in my life. I think the discipline is one of the most important aspects because if you can create that discipline in the gym, going when you don't want to go, getting, getting up early when you don't want to, eating the foods that you need to eat to progress, I think that can transfer over to every area of your life. And it, it just starts from discipline. Yeah, I agree 100%. And the way I like to look at that too is, to me, it could be anything. I mean, obviously, working out is a really great example because of the benefits you get from doing it. But I think if you throw yourself like head first into anything and really give it your all, you can establish that same thing. So even if people are listening and they don't, lifting's not their thing, if you find your thing and you put your all into it, I think you can get some of those same values. I think it just mm -hmm. comes down to really being passionate about something yeah. and then really working at it and watching yourself progress and doing things you didn't think you could do, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, other questions I had... Um, do you wish you would have gone into strength and, strength and conditioning as a profession? Like, do you wish you would have gone into, for example, be a strength coach at a high school or a college or even in the private sector, own your own business or something like that? Yeah, I do. I really wish I would have done that. Um, back when I was young and in high school, which was a long time ago, there mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, lifting weights wasn't really, it wasn't frowned on, but people didn't put much importance on it. It was just like, oh, you become muscle bound and, you know, you'll reduce your range of motion. Yeah, that was always the this. narrative with athletes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you'll get slow and your reflexes will, won't be there. But I found the opposite true. And I, I noticed right away the difference in my athletic ability. Mm -hmm. so I, I took up wrestling in 10th grade. I had never wrestled before, but I had been lifting weights for three or four years now, and I was able to beat a lot of the kids just on strength alone. So mm -hmm. that was a big plus for me. And it, it showed me that strength has some positive influences in your life as well. For sure. Yeah, is that, did you, when I was younger, did you ever try to purposefully implement those things? Because um, I played a lot of sports, but I don't necessarily, did you ever try to, you know, implement what you learned into my childhood. Well, I could see right away, Jen, when you were, when you were little, when you first seen Spider-Man, you were, <laughs> you were the spider person. I feel like that's true for a lot of people. Just how you were talking at the beginning about yeah. like seeing superhero movies. Yeah. I can remember wanting to be Spider-Man so bad. Mm -hmm. And then when I would take you to the YWCA, you'd see all these people working out and you wanted to join in, but you were just a, you know, just a little girl then. But Whenever we would leave, I'd bring you over to the pull-up rack, and I'd, I'd have you do pull-ups. I'd hold on to That's your legs. That's adorable. And, and have you do pull-ups, and then get down and do push-ups, and I'd have you do three or four sets of each. And by the time, you know, a year or two went by, you were doing pull-ups on your own. That at about is awesome. Seven, seven years old, six years old, you're doing pull-ups on your own, and you're doing push-ups mm -hmm. in a strict style. I never pushed lifting weights on you until you got older, too. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I always yeah, took you to the park, and you always loved to climb the monkey bars. And you can just tell when people have a fascination with strength that them are the people that are going to progress and mm -hmm. go for it. You know, I actually just had a friend tell me that in middle school, we would come over to my house, and I'd bring them downstairs. 
and you would show us like how to bench press or we would just hang out in the basement mm-hmm. and I, I didn't remember that but do you remember hearing mm-hmm. about that yesterday so I, I just thought that was really funny do you, um, do you remember at the YWCA when a when a boy challenged due to a pull-up contest yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he was like twelve, and you were like six, and you did like eight of them, and he, and he could only do two. Oh <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's weren't, weren't you training him, kind of? No, it was no. my it was my friend's brother. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, I have a few more questions. The next one, I would be curious to hear how um you approach things when I'm sure like with how long you've been in the sport you've had you've trained people and had them not really stick with it or not put in the effort that you're putting in how do you deal with that and then mm. what what do you do if somebody keeps coming to you and they want advice or they want that but they just don't follow through do you continue to I don't want to say humor them but keep doing it and give them advice even though you question whether they're going to follow through or how do you approach that I find out a lot of people who aren't really willing to go the extra mile, they already got a, an answer in mind, but they want to see what, what, how you answer them. And I'll, I give my advice freely, and I'll give the same advice over and over, and if they don't listen, well, they don't listen, and sooner or later, I'll, I'll just lay it out. I'll say, do you really want to know? Mm-hmm. Then listen to me. And... It's you. You can't take it personal if the if the people drop out. That's what I struggle with. Is I just get so invested personally, and I want to see people succeed. But at the same time, they have to want it. Otherwise, it's not gonna. They're not gonna follow through. Yeah. Like no matter how bad you want it for them, that doesn't. It just doesn't work that way. So that's something yeah. I've struggled with. Yeah. Um, I I take it personal too. Mm-hmm. But then you start to see patterns that people have, you know, and and you start to realize it's not you. Mm-hmm. It's them and. You know, if they keep getting, if their diet is off and they keep get not losing any weight and you're telling them what to do, you, you kind of figure it out that they're not really listening to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you got to learn eventually not to take it, take it so personal. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I have two more. I'm wondering just how have you been able to have this longevity in lifting despite, you know, you have your nicks and bruises here, run into injuries, obviously life stuff, stuff pops up. How is it, have you been able to keep it such a constant in your life? Even though I know that there have been times when you take a month off or whatever, but it's always there. Um, and I'm just curious, yeah. what makes you come back to it? Mm-hmm. You know, Why is it always such a constant for you? I think in life, you find out what your passions are, if you're fortunate, at a young, early age. And for some reason, you may you may leave those passions. For me, it was alcohol and drugs. But when I when I cleaned up, sobered up, I found it again. And for me, working out is is therapy. I I get some alone time. I get to work off my stress. And progression is just like doing a good day's uh, work. You know, you feel good about yourself. And, and for me, and like for everyone else, once you do something for a couple months, pretty re- religiously, then it, then it tends to become a habit. Mm-hmm. And when you, see, uh, when you see things happen, when you get stronger, when you start to look better, when people start to give you compliments, it just adds fuel to that fire 
for you to strive for more. And also to reach out to other people with maybe who are suffering from the same things that you have done as well. It can be it can be therapy for a lot of people and working out gives you a good self image as well. Definitely. Yeah, that sort of answers my last one. My last one was I'm wondering if you feel like training has helped you remain or stay straight edge, stay sober. Um and just so I feel like you're such a grounded person you're always the calm presence mm-hmm. um you can get along with everyone how do you feel like it's impacted your mindset and the way you interact with people and the way that you like your own relationship with yourself and not having to rely on drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and that's a deep question but yeah and you can talk about external factors that aren't just training like your relationship with god or mm-hmm. you know your um values that are outside of but at the same time inside of what you do in the gym right well i believe that you know we we need to have we need to be the best version of ourselves that we can and that we're you know we're we're given gifts we're given abilities and we're, we're, we're supposed to make the best of those gifts and abilities or else we're just uh you know we're failing in life and we just we just can't walk through life aimlessly we have to have purpose and yes yes i i do have a relationship with christ and that's been very integral with my with my weightlifting as well because i i treat my body as a temple most of the time i know jen mentioned i like sweets and boy (laughs) that that is true i like my sweets and i like my coffee but that's about all the indulgences i allow myself but um I, i live a purposeful life now and for some people, they, they, they think of purpose as you know money or fame, something like that. But I look at it as I'm making an impact in my world and the people that are in my life and the people that I meet. I'm I'm trying to make connections with people all the time and you know just build them up as well because we're all in this together. We're all striving in the same world, and if we can help each other through this world, because there's a lot of a lot of wickedness, a lot of evilness, a lot of selfishness. If we can help each other, this world will be a better place for everyone. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's a great yeah, and I, I think that shows up not only in the gym and the work you do like with the youth, but the work you do through your church too, and yeah. you carry that through to all facets of life as a dad too. So mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Um, one more question: How how do you? drink coffee at all times of the day and it doesn't bother <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> you're the only person i've ever met who has coffee like at night Before watching movies naps. just hanging out no, are you just numb to it no, at this point no I, d- I don't drink coffee probably after six i might have one cup <laughs> and I've, re- I've cut down on my coffee a lot yeah, yeah I, I, I drink maybe uh, three quarters of a thermos every day which is probably six cups but uh you know, during sobriety, when you're first in sobriety, coffee is a is a staple. I yeah. Don't, I don't know if it's just because it's a stimulant or what, but I, I realize sometimes my my adrenals get a little fried, so I need to back off a little, mm-hmm. and uh, so I can sleep at night and have a good night's rest, so I can train the next day and have mm-hmm. a productive workout. Yeah. All right. But I, I like to taste the coffee too. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I have a few rapid fire questions. So, what's your favorite? What's your favorite lift or your favorite exercise? That's a good question. Um, I tell you what my f- not favorite is that squatting. 
<laughs> but I do it anyway. It. But I, I bench press. It's always been the bench press. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably everyone's when yeah. it comes down to it. That's not my favorite. Yeah. What is your favorite? Deadlifting? Um, no. What is it? I, I like, it's not I like, squatting. <laughs> I don't like squatting, benching, or deadlifting. I like... Why do you do it? I like curling. <laughs> No, you don't. I, I haven't seen you do a curl in like two years. Like um, my arms are big enough already. That's what yeah. you always tell me. I don't know what my favorite lift is. Um, I could tell you what it's not. What? It's not deadlifting. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, uh, what is your favorite supplement that you use? Ooh. I would say the most, I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on supplements. I'll tell you right now what, what is the best one that I've taken, I still take, is creatine. I believe, I believe that's tried and proven. And believe me, I've tried everything except steroids, you know, everything but that. Mm-hmm. So it's the reason that you abstained from steroids because, was it a moral obligation or was it because you felt as though you would be cheating? Which, yeah, moral and I thought it would be cheating as well. Yeah. And with with my personality, mm. if I if I tried steroids, I would see the results, and I probably would kill myself with them. Yeah, as an as an an addictive an personality. Yeah. yeah. So I think that is an important point to be made. That even and even with working out, do you would you say that you're addicted to it of some of some kind? I think I think so. Mm. I'm getting to the point recently where I realize that I can't be so selfish with my time. And if something comes up, I'll put my working out aside, which is a great thing about having a home gym. I can do it any time. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it is an addiction, and I've had people tell me that before. Yeah, and but I get mad when 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 people ask me to do stuff and it's my time to work out and I'm starting to realize that people are more important than my than my passions as well sometimes it all depends on what they're asking me to do yeah and I feel like different different stages of life you might need lifting more at one point um, in your life just to get through that point whereas another time you might need more connections to teach you Right. Or like people connections to teach you lessons. So I think that, um, do you have any rapid fire questions? Sure. I got one. Um, you mentioned you love having a home gym. How do you feel like the, com- that's impacted like the competitive part of the sport? Because when you're in the gym, I mean, at least I do, I think a lot of people do, they tend to look around and see what other people are lifting. Um, and that can have an impact on your training, your your own self-confidence, things like that. So how do you continue to push yourself when you're alone? And do you feel like there are benefits to being in an environment where, um, like at a Los Campiones or at or a powerlifting gym? Yeah, or tr- you're even having a training partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's pros and cons to having your own home gym. Of course, I usually, I don't even have a training partner. So sometimes I find it hard to be motivated, but if I have a routine that I'm doing, I try to stick close to that as possible. I don't have distractions. I don't have to talk to people. I can get it in and out, and I'm done by 45 minutes. But in a gym, 
you have partners, you're competing against these partners, you have somebody pushing you, and I believe that's also, you know, you're part of a team that's, that's very beneficial as well. And sometimes I do wish for that. And um, right now I'm happy where I am, but who knows where, I, where my future is and uh, what I'll do. Maybe I'll, I'll, I have a guy that I'm training right now and he's getting stronger, so maybe he'll start be, to become my training partner mm -hmm. if his wife will let him. <laughs> <laughs> is he he's working out yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah. all right well i think that pretty much does yeah. it is thank you any, guys for listening is there anything else you want to say before we close out um lifting weights or staying in shape is a, a pastime that people enjoy but you can take it to more levels than that as mm -hmm. well and it, it's a challenge and I, like I said, with the discipline, it, it, it creates discipline in all facets of your life. Makes you feel good about yourself. And I'd urge, urge anybody just, just to uh, try it out for a couple months and see how you feel. We even, we touched on this in our last episode. I had to do some research for one of my classes and studies show that a single session can have dramatic impacts on anxiety and things like that. We touched on mental health in the last episode. So mm -hmm. I think even... I, obviously, you got to give it its fair chance, so you're going to want to go more than once, but even that one time, just give it a shot and just see what yeah. you think, yeah. you know? Um, I also just, I should say that I'm grateful for the opportunity to sit down with you guys. Yeah. Just having the podcast so far has been really cool because it gives us time to just sit down and talk where there's no, there's no TV, there's no, like, we just don't get a lot of opportunities to just sit down and, and talk with each other, so mm -hmm. I think that's something cool yeah thank you for being on the podcast yeah we appreciate yeah. it yep all right we'll see you guys in episode four